from the spaceship in the sky to the simulation in the mind. Let's all embark on another journey of Conversations on the Fringe. And we're live. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to Conversations on the Fringe. Vince Taglivia is my name. I am your host tonight in place of Joshua Reed. I am joined by my co-host, Jim Bob Ovalshorts from Unconstitutional Awakening. Welcome, Jim Bob. Once again, thank you for being here. Tonight, we're going to be talking... Ahoy there, buddy. Ahoy, ahoy. Today, we're going to be talking about feng shui. Uh, By no means are either of us well... uh, or We're not experts in feng shui by any means, but I found it interesting, an interesting enough topic to do a little bit of research and at least introduce everybody to it. Uh, so by no means is this a, this is, this isn't exactly what feng shui is and all this. This is just uh, my basic cracking of the egg and peering inside into what feng shui is to me based on my kind of rudimentary understanding, but I plan on maybe implementing some of this stuff. Anyway, we'll get into feng shui, but first Jim Bob, um, you've got your unconstitutional awakening podcast and all these things going on. How's it all going? How are you? Man, it's going great over there, dude. We've been hanging out and running pretty strong. We got some really good episodes coming up this week that I was telling you about prior to filming that I'm looking forward to releasing. And yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to those too. What, <clears throat> who are you having on? What's going on? Uh, uh, Lyman Bishop, the owner of Hoplite Armor, and going to be running for governor of Montana next year. Uh, made his official announcement. Has made his official announcement that'll be coming out. And then uh, Jason Bassler, the co-founder of the Free Fraud free thought project uh had an interview with him this week too and both of those interviews went better than planned actually like i was i was actually really enjoyed those interviews so i'm looking forward to those plus we've we're always just having wild people on man i've been trying to talk to everybody in the podcast world because there seems to be a bunch of people out there doing it now and it's like its own little family bro like there's so many cool people that i'm meeting that are out there talking about cool things like we do yeah, everybody so, has a podcast, and everybody's different. It's always fun to talk to people and see what the heck's going on. And you certainly have your uh, array of great guests. Keep doing your, what you do best over there. Um, if you guys are interested, oh, I should throw a link. I didn't, I didn't put it in the description. I could update the description after. Uh, but you can find true. Jim Bob and all his things at unconstitutionalawakening.com. Follow him on Rumble and anywhere else you can find Jim Bob Oval Shorts. That's right. Pretty easy to find when you when you type in Jim Bubble Shorts. You can't miss me. Yeah, and you can always <clears throat> go to the Red Pill Project. I mean, uh, the Social Red Pill, and he's on there. And you can always tag him in a post or send him a message. Yay uh, is always tagging me and stuff. Hi, Yay. <laughs> Yay's the best, dude. She sends good stuff, huh? She does. <laughs> Heck, yeah. I just I can't hardly keep up with all the great uh, things that everybody shares on the Social Red Pill and everywhere else. You guys are amazing so we appreciate you thank you summer for putting that in the chat you're the best so i hope you all are ready for a little discussion about feng shui i think everybody might have a slight understanding about what it is and what comes to mind for most people is you know arranging your furniture in certain ways to control the energy flow of a room um with a chinese root you know so it's a chinese practice and that some people say yeah exactly that's what it is and some people say that's just the new age version of it and they don't know what the hell they're doing there's a lot of controversy or there's a lot of 
Um, there's a lot of different people involved in feng shui, and everybody does it a little different. And there's different um, classes of it, and it's pretty complex and interesting, and it reminds me of magic. It reminds me of the natural world. I mean, I, I put it right there in that whole thing because it's got to do with, like, the cosmic current and stuff like that. Man, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think the Asians were keen to a lot, like, especially the ancient Asians, you know what I'm saying, were keen to a lot more of the uh, spirituality stuff that people give them credit for when you start looking back into history to things like feng shui and other things that involve chi and monks and stuff like that man those guys are those guys seem to be pretty at peace dude just amazing things come out of there dude like i i think they're more attached to to things that we talk about as conspiracy than than anybody else to be real so a lot of things come a lot of things come from their ancient practices that were some of the first things documented by man so their history is extensive as I think all of ours is, but oh yes, I think that they kept their history more intact than most other places. Yeah, uh, history. By the way, I it just blows my mind because I think history. We've been lied to about everything, including I believe history. So this is a whole yeah, oh sure thing as well. Is this maybe feng shui is an idea like an ancient idea that survived the destruction? The, it survived the destruction of knowledge over time. But I think it's been, I think it's different now than it was. It is different now than it was. Yeah. I guess, you know, I mean, I like to study this stuff about where it comes from. And I mean, you know that like in ancient times, it was for like landscapes and, you know, like the direct flow of things. Like it wasn't just, they didn't just set it up for like the houses and stuff. You know, people do it all in like their living room now. The feng shui of their living room has got to be right. But this used to be, this used to include how they built their house, where they built their house, how things were set in the yard. Mm-hmm. This breaks down into like the colors of, you know, they have certain colors of their door, certain numbers that they use that are lucky yeah. and on, you know, yeah. and they're, it's more to it than the stuff that we practice here in the States for sure. Yeah. And colors more than feng shui are psychological things. Mm-hmm. So it definitely does play into kind of the effect that you get from feng shui, which is you want prosperity, you want wealth, or you want health, happiness, longevity, whatever you want is what you utilize feng shui for. And you harness that energy and by uh, being at the right place at the right time, I suppose. So let's talk a little bit about this. Um, here's a quote by a woman named Annette Kurtz who works with feng shui. Uh, I think she wrote a book or something uh, called harmonize your home 52 tips to energize your work from home life. Okay. I didn't read it, but here's a quote. I liked it. She said, our surroundings shape our consciousness. It impacts how we think and feel. And that's so true. You know, whether feng shui is just some new agey um, garbage that's just pseudoscience or whether it's real energy flow and impact, um, (laughs) I think it's true that our surroundings shape our consciousness. So it is very important, regardless of how you view it, what lens you view it through, whether it's a super scientific one or a spiritual one, you know. I personally fall somewhere in the middle there. I don't have the answers, so. 
Oh, don't look at me. I don't. I, I, I'm a dude on the internet in a pirate hat. Who knows what I know? <laughs> That's why like, I like you. <laughs> that reminds me here. Um, we got a little donation. I appreciate it, Gump. Gump with a dollar. He says, "Oh my gosh, the crazy people are here." Thank you, Gump. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you too. Um, all right, so let's see here. Um, interestingly enough, so this actually started, it's believed, and according to my research, and like I said, just a little caveat here, I don't know. This is just some rudimentary research by an amateur. So I love to hear what you guys say in the comments, any resources or any, um, any facts or information you want to send me, I will read them and I'm open to the conversation and I appreciate it. So it's, it's actually, we discussed it being where you place your house, how you even decorate. And some people say it doesn't have anything to do with what you put in your house. It has to do with your art, whatever. There's debates there, but it's very expansive. So, uh, you know, we say it has to do with our homes and our dwellings and energy flow and this sort of thing, environments. But actually in 2001, a grave was uh, uncovered in the Hanan province of China and there's a skeleton inside and on each side of the skeleton there was a figurine one of the figurines was a dragon and the dragon was facing the east and the other was a lion and the lion was facing the west and they were both made of shells carved out between the two was a carving representation of Baidu or the Big Dipper Ooh. in Chinese and since the dragon and lions are constellations it appears that the tomb was aligned with the current alignment of the stars in relation to the north star so this um, feng shui stuff actually goes to astrology it goes to the stars alignments and all of this so it's really interesting and not only was it just for living people but feng shui was used for the dead yep in their tombs and for the afterlife yeah, the way the, I've seen stuff where it's about like where the how the tomb needs to be laid or what you leave with the tomb and stuff like that because it, it uh, you know because to them all of that stuff definitely matters you know especially when you look at back like in ancient Egypt and even oh, yeah. ancient Americas and stuff when you find all these tombs the Egyptians that are too. that are just full of treasures and things set in specific ways like that bodyguards that's why. Or, uh, yeah, there's some wild stuff in the tombs, especially Egyptian. But yeah. worldwide, we see similarities with, uh, we see connections that can be made to feng shui. And we'll get into those. But uh, I was just going to say that um, on, yeah, it being a thing for the dead as well. Dang, I'm having a darn uh, brain fart moment here. Oh, that not only was would they do that what we just said, but they would also believe that feng shui, or I guess there's a belief in China where they're a little bit superstitious. Like they believe in um, uh, the dead coming to life like ghosts and ancestors and not just physical ancestors like hey grandma's watching you know watch what you do yeah. and say but like the river spirit is not happy with us this year and the waters are low like this kind of stuff nature spirits 
nature spirits and also physical spirits of the dead are affected by the flow of feng shui and if and that becomes a part of it um like the like the like when you always hear him talking about I guess just random example, like um, on Mulan, when they were talking about like the ancestors, the ancestors needed yeah. to make sure that there was a specific feng shui so that you could. Yeah, the ancestors you know, guide you through life. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Isn't that interesting? And yeah, in Native American culture, we have it. Yeah. In almost every culture, they have this idea of the ancestors and the deceased and those who came before us, helping us, guiding us, guardian angels, whatever. So really fascinating um so so yeah a lot of people disagree with how this energy flow works and all the theories and it is mysterious and it's exotic and it comes from china and one of the energy sources that is talked about a lot when you're talking about feng shui is qi and qi is the basic force behind feng shui and there have been thousands of books and scrolls for thousands of years dedicated to feng shui and qi. And I have a lot of sources here. One of them being I Ching, the book of the a book of burial by and sorry for my pronunciation by Gui Pu, a fourth century Taoist and sage. And there's also the book of the tomb. Uh, Book of the Tomb also and I have links to these things and uh, uh, Pu. <laughs> oh my gosh my notes crack me up he characterized Qi as life breath but in early context it was used as a description for weather such as in uh, another work called the Zuwal Commentary uh, which is a commentary on the spring and autumn annals they said she was a force comprised, uh, composed of six phases. Cold, warm, wind, rain, darkness, and light. And um, so this number six comes into it, and numerology comes into it a lot as well. You also have um, five senses and maybe a sixth sense, someone could argue. Or you could also relate elements and everything, and we'll get into all that. Um I found something really interesting, Jim Bob, and it surprised me, and I wanted to include it. So there's a uh, a feng shui advisor named Poon Ying, and she was Donald Trump's feng shui advisor. And apparently Trump always incorporated feng shui principles into his real estate investments, so they'd be indi- desirable to foreign investors and maybe just have that energy for anybody. Um they say it's one of the most closely guarded secrets to his success in business. Hmm. How about that? Huh? It's pretty interesting. There's actually an article here. If I could, uh, I know this is, I don't, well, <clears throat> makes me wonder what kind of uh, feng shui he used to convince the Saudis. It was okay to buy <laughs> to, to, it was okay to buy that, uh, Texas refinery. Oh, maybe that wasn't feng shui. <laughs> I don't know if that was feng shui, but... Well, maybe he had some feng shui going on so they would buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> the the, the, oh, largest right. refinery, the largest refinery in the United States, and he sold it to them. Like... <laughs> maybe you're right, dude. Um, 
So maybe it does work. Maybe maybe he did <laughs> it with that. Shoot. Dude, I think it does work. And just in this fact of like just from the idea of what is around us affects us. Like if you clean up the clutter in your presence, you feel better. If you empty the dishwasher yes. and put away all the dirty dishes and you just have a clean kitchen, you feel better. Um, that's one thing I've learned over the years of, I guess, growing up uh, is that having a clean space is like, I don't know. It's just good energy. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, I mean, that, I can't disagree with that at all. I don't know if that's, feng shui i guess it could be argued that it is uh it's something right yeah but before let's get into this article in just a second but i want to give some shout outs before we do before i lose track of them shannon donated some lemons thank you so much shannon 10 lemons patriotic pisces uh gifted a one month sub to princess lee eight and then princess lee eight gifted one to to excuse me summer summer gifted one to me brenda and then me brenda got that and then mcdirty works gave us an ice cream and two lemons thank you all so much and i i love nice. the the passing back and forth of subscriptions there on d live that's awesome that is pretty awesome <laughs> and um over there enrique alvarado gifted a cookie on on pilled so thank you so much enrique all right let's take a quick look at this and see what the heck is going on with trump and feng shui because i honestly i was really excited when i found this and it, it it's uh i just found it really interesting so this is how, how the Republic nominee adopted an ancient Chinese philosophy that aims to harmonize people with their surroundings and made it mainstream. This is Pun Yin, Donald Trump's feng, feng shui master. Until I did this Trump Tower project and took off, I, I was it was not a female industry at all. Wow, so, so she kind of led the way with females getting into this uh, industry. That's really cool. The offices of Feng Shui Masters Poon Yin and her father, Tin Sun, inhabit a dimly lit basement space complete with lush plants and gurgling fountains deep in New York City's Chinatown. Inside, framed photos decorate the walls, including one taken some 20 years ago. In it, the 27-year-old Poon Yin sta- stood in front of, in front and center before a group of people, among them, among them a young socialite called Marla Maples and a slightly less orange Donald Trump. <laughs> The caption beneath it reads, Photo taken at the Trump International Hotel and Tower Groundbreaking and Blessing Ceremony on June 1995. Trump, our zealous and erratic Republican presidential nominee, hardly seems to embody the principles of the ancient Chinese philosophy that aims to harmonize people with their physical surroundings. And yet, according to Pun Yin, for decades, incorporating those principles into his real estate holdings was one of Trump's foremost priorities. But his reasons were hardly spiritual. Beginning in 1995, Trump hired Poon Yin and her father to assess the energy of his international hotel and tower development project and make the necessary changes to its design. In a calculated move to tap into the burgeoning market of international investors in U.S. real estate from China and Hong Kong, okay, for such respected clients, a building lacking in feng shui could be a deal breaker. Interesting. So, no, so all right, so, so here's another one of these things yeah. okay where they are where they are where they're trying to negate the idea that there's any spiritual connection to it well i think that's they, just because it's trump if it was anyone else I, they I, might be a little I understand, I, I, but i've seen this in other in other subjects too you know okay. what i'm saying like where they negate the idea that it's spiritual but they talk about it being energy work and and I find that hilarious because they're like, well, the energy work aspect of it is real, but there's no magic or spirituality involved in it whatsoever. 
Like, look, look past that. Where it's 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 something different. But it's that I just I had to point that out. So. Yeah, they're like it's just just because Chinese people like it. That's the only reason. It has nothing to do with the, you know, the theory. Nothing at all. <laughs> I think there might be something there, but uh, you know, what do I know? Right. I know a couple things, right. but. <laughs> I, know a few, I know I know a few things about a couple stuffs. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, let's see here. So, yeah, so ancient sages collected and guided chi to maintain it into certain areas. Uh, they called it the art of wind and water. Wind and water are uh, big factors in chi. And according to the laws of feng shui, a place that attracts water is the utmost priority, followed by a site that catches wind. As far back as the Shang Dynasty, oracle bone readings were used to determine feng shui levels and status. And I want to show you what these oracle bone readings are. If you've watched um, Avatar, there's a scene in Avatar where this Chinese... This Chinese character grinds up bones and throws them in the fire and sees how they react and they look at the bones and they tell them like the future or it's kind of like reading tea leaves or anything like that they would read oracle oracle bones and uh, let's look at what these are ancientorigins.net did an article on it oracle bones uh, and uh, translates as shells and bones are a type of artifacts best known for its association with the Shang Dynasty, roughly from 1600 BC to 1050 BC of ancient China. As these artifacts were used for the purpose of divination, the bones came to be called oracle bones in the English language. In the Chinese language, by contrast, the name of the object is derived from the type of materials they were made of, i.e. turtle shells and animal bones. Apart from providing us with information about the beliefs held by the people of the Shang Dynasty, oracle bones also are also significant as they are the form as they form the earliest known major body of ancient Chinese writing. And here's a picture of one. It looks like on a turtle shell. Ooh. As its Chinese name suggests, oracle bones have been found to be in one of either two materials, animal bones or turtle shells. For the first material, the main animal bone that was used for creating the oracle bone was the scapula, or shoulder blade. Oxen seem to be the preferred choice of animal, as the archaeological record has yielded a large amount of oracle bones that were made of this animal's shoulder blade. Nevertheless, oracle bones have been found made from the shoulder blades of deer, sheep, and pigs. Second material was the plastron, the nearly flat underside of the turtle. That was used. I think they have another picture here. Here's another one. This is an animal animal bone with divination inscriptions from the Shang Dynasty, dating to the sixth year of the reign of King Dai or Dixon. Oof. Hmm. So, ancient Chinese writings. Fascinating. Right. So they'd use these bones and they'd be like... Uh oh, you better not put your house here, or don't build your town here, or, yeah. or like I'm sensing we need to move some of the village to the top of that hill, or whatever. I don't know, but pretty f- cool. I think so too. 
Yeah, and they'd use the stars, and because of that, they have the feng shui compass, which is interesting because a lot of it's based on celestial uh, alignments and and things like this, not just directional with our northeast southwest, but also goes into space and stars and stuff. And they use the uh, solar calendar for all of this feng shui theory, and they also have a lunar calendar. But for that, there's a whole other school of, <laughs> I guess, spirituality or I don't know what you call it. Depends what it's you think. It's one of those over. mystery schools that you hear you hear about all throughout history. Yeah, it's just a separate calendar, separate stuff. So this is the solar. Uh, yin and yang, as far as what that is, we've all heard of it. Um, this is kind of a part of it. Uh, it's kind of like sunshine and shade in the earliest form. Uh, it shows us the main principle of feng shui. Um, you know, orienting things like either a tomb or a house to get the most amount of chi utilizing physical and astrological guidance, which is the same exact thing as how pyramids were built and things of that nature, even roads uh, going along with ley lines. I think this is all the same type of energy. What do you think about that? I mean, the, it, it aligns right in with it. That's where I was kind of making the joke, I guess, a few minutes ago about you know, being like, oh, it's just energy, but no, it aligns right into all this other stuff, whether it be the stars or the ley lines or uh huh, or all, or all of our talks about like sound vibrations and stuff like that. Like, it's all that's the same stuff. Yeah, man, it's all connected. It's wonderful. Um, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so they'll use things like mountains and rivers, plateaus, and the general surroundings to determine where to put things. Usually they would go to, like, where something terminates. So, like, the end of a river, I guess. I could be totally wrong on this. This is just how I'm interpreting what they said. They said where something, where a prominent feature like a mountain or a river or a plateau terminates or ends is a good spot for feng shui. Um, okay. And... And then, once you find that place, you orient your dwelling in the proper direction, and then you work on everything surrounding it, and then, I guess, inside of it. But some people will argue and say, no, it has nothing to do with what you put inside of it, but I think it does. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's got to have some kind of tie into it there. Yeah, five celestial animals also come into this which is cool. You got the phoenix, okay. the green dragon, the white tiger, the black turtle, and the yellow snake. It's very Power Ranger-esque. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can see that montage already. Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> They're asking about uh, Twitter and the election. We're not talking about politics and stuff today. We're just keeping it we're keeping it fringy for today and tomorrow. We'll come back to all that on Monday. That's right. It's time for weird. It's time to get wild weird. things. Unless we can yeah. connect it. We can connect it if you want. I don't. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so the shape of the land and the flow of water help determine the amount of chi going through. Water, they say, is really attracting. So water is, like I said, the first thing you want to be by. And then air secondarily. Which has made me really happy. I'm at the coast. And I'm like surrounded by water and crazy wind. So I guess that's good for chi. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll have to do more research. But um, there's a quote by Quan Zi. And they said... Water is the blood of chi. I'm sorry. Water is the blood and chi of the earth, flowing and communicating as if in sinews and veins. I love that. You ever yeah. look at earth from above and it does look like a bunch of veins. It's that same, the same way how trees grow. You know, you get a delta or a water, uh, a river going out to the ocean. Um, they look the same. Roots. Or you look at the structure of our veins; it looks like a river, right? That 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 I mean, yeah, no, fractal absolutely. pattern that we get from the Fibonacci sequence and how things, how plants grow, just how nature, how the nature, how nature is. So chi oh. flows with all of those things. If chi flows with water like that, it probably flows in our blood like that. It probably flows through the rivers, through the oceans, through the air. Maybe chi is like the ether. I was about to say, maybe chi is how they define the ether. Yeah, it's just, dude, all I just there. It's of that there all around. It's, it is what we were talking about with like the, the sound vibrations. Like it is. Yeah. All precisely. that stuff. Like, huh. Quite plausible. I mean, of course, you would th a different culture is going to have a different name for it. Yeah. It's lost in translation throughout the years. <clears throat> yeah and and by the way i'll share all these all my references and these awesome books and sources on the social red pill after this it's our private social network for the red pill project and to get there you could sign up for free it doesn't cost you a dime it just is uh www.socialredpill.com and i'll share these links with you um and there's another quote here chief flows where the earth changes shape the flora and fauna are thereby nourished. It flows within the ground, flows, follows the form of the terrain, and pools where the terrain runs its course. That's why you, I think you want to be at the termination of a site, because that's where all the chi just gathers up, and you could be there in good energy. Which the theory is, it brings you all the things that you need, all the things you want, wealth, etc. And this goes deep. Um, according to the Kwanzai, the best place to live is where a feature or land finishes or terminates, but it doesn't end there. Sages brought in heavy astrology and different theories and mythology into the physical world. As the cardinal directions, they say the dragon and tiger protect the district of the home. If a place is open to the left or vacant to the right, chi will dissipate in the blowing wind. So this is their direction thing. You want to have their doors and entryways on the north and south, it seems like. Or you want to block that energy somehow from the east and west. Which then I start thinking of my house. Yeah. It's facing west. No good. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Trying to think. No, mine's mine's definitely facing the east. Like a, my front porch gets 
all of that bright morning first thing sun so that's not good for for, for chi bro <laughs> i think our feng shui needs work oh man is this gonna come into play like if i'm gonna go buy, buy a plot of land it's like no. why is your fa- why is your house not facing the st- why is your house not facing the street? It's like for the feng shui, bro. <laughs> what do you want? Are you crazy? <laughs> nice, right? <laughs> um, I and I was curious too. Uh, you know how there's you could buy like uh, uh, engineering of a house and then and then have it built. Um, yes. And there's like standard homes designs and stuff you could purchase. Yes. I wonder if they are f- like if they use any principles of feng shui at all in your common American home or not, or if it's just totally disregarded. That's a good question. You know, what if everything around us is built to crush our feng shui? I'd be curious to look at some to learn a little bit more about the theory or the practice rather and um compare it to different blueprints yeah because like, I mean I'm pretty sure most houses in America are built not in the feng shui way I'm, I mean yeah I know right they're built where they're built to save space time etc yeah makes me wonder and then I wonder if you could meditate at a good spot, like if that if the chi in that area would be like beneficial or something. And and they use that that's it. And they use the they use the regulations from the building codes to make sure that it's out of feng shui, so that way <laughs> you never get you can never get, get the feng shui in there right for the building to help keep you down, bro. And that's what they're doing. This is a chi spiracy now. It's a chi spiracy. Yeah. Uh, there's also a cosmic chi. So this isn't just like on Earth and around your house and stuff. This is a cosmic energy, which again, ether reminds me of the ether. Um, and there's a special compass called, sorry for my pronunciation. I think it's a a Lao Pan, and it establishes the eight heavenly directions. And there's also the Bagao map. Which is it has eight symbols on it used, and it's used in Taoism, and each symbol represents different parts of reality. I can show you guys what this looks like. So this, oh, apologize. This goes pretty deep. Um, like if I start getting into this, oh my gosh, you guys are gonna be like Vince, shut up about feng shui. But it's really cool, and I think some of you might find interest in it too. So I'll make sure to share these links uh, shortly. So here's the feng shui bug uh, map. I don't know how to pronounce this, but it gives you the directions and the main entrance. So I know it's a little bit small. Let me see if I could. Yeah, yeah, that worked. Cool. So basically you have a compass. You have northeast, southwest, and everything in between. So you have eight directions. It's also associated with Saul, uh, I'm sorry, fall, winter, spring, and summer. And in the middle they have the yin-yang with the number five in the middle. And each one of these sections has a number. So north is one, um, southwest is two, east is three, southeast is four, the middle is five, it does not have a direction. 
Northwest is six, west is seven, northeast is eight, and south is nine. And they each have a description here, each number. So we'll get into that in a second. And then there's the colors, wealth, fame, relationship, family, health, creativity, wisdom, career, helpful people. And this is how, this is basically describing us. So let me read this. It says feng shui is a philosophy and a way of understanding our place in the natural world and our connection to the cosmos. Feng shui principles can inspire the way you decorate a space by applying elements like light color and feng shui decorations, which carry profound meaning and will help support and manifest all your aspirations. This practice also includes maximizing the flow of chi by decluttering spaces and arranging furniture to allow the energy to flow freely without obstruction. Feng shui is applied using the bagua grid sectors, decorating one or more sectors to uplift the energy and attract that type of luck in your home. You can also apply remedies for afflicted areas or rooms in the wrong location. For example, a, uh, for example, a bathroom located in the wealth sector, the southeast, could affect all households' financial luck and must be corrected to resolve the problem. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine, like... I, I'm just imagining a movie plot where somebody gets really into feng shui and it just totally dominates their life. Like, moving your bathroom's not easy. There, <clears throat> There is that one chick that kind of, that, that clutter, that declutter chick that's on the one of the networks... I can't think of her name. And like that's what she does is she like goes in and does like all this nice. declutter stuff and energy type things. So like maybe maybe she has some feng shui mixing with that stuff. Probably. And maybe people do it without even knowing it. I mean I think we do, you know, we don't see people putting like bookcases in front of doors. I guess maybe this I mean it depends. Is it a secret door? Because <laughs> then there's probably a door behind that bookcase. <laughs> I always wanted a secret door in my house. I want to build a custom house one day and just have cool shit like that. Secret doors just to go. See, secret doors so you can walk in the hallways in between the walls just to mess with people. Oh, that's creepy. Didn't a serial killer do that? That's very Jeffrey Dahmer. Didn't a serial killer have that? Maybe. I've heard stories, bro. People living in other people's walls and shit. I don't want to live in other people's walls. I want it in my own walls. <laughs> like extra hallways yeah secret hallways <laughs> you never know if you gotta get away there might be a mutiny afoot and you gotta get the quickest escape hatch yeah that's a good point oh man so cool so you could determine your own gal number uh with this um, so if you want to use feng shui in your life, you got to come up with your Gao number and I have a formula okay. and I don't know how the hell it works, but I found one online that does it for you. And there, if you, right. if you look it up, it's G U a <clears throat> formula. This is the, this determines the number for you, your Gao number, which determines how to use the eight directions and chi for you specifically the cosmic chi things that we were just looking at. Um, so basically what you do in order to utilize this uh, feng shui map, you got to uh, go over here, do a little bit of this, look at your what number you are. So basically you put in if you're male or female because it's calculated different for each in some instances. So we'll put male. Uh, do you want to do this or do you want me to put mine? 
I'm totally doing it right now myself. Okay, so I'll do mine. Uh, March 25th, 93. Uh, really? Yeah. Ouch. What? Ouch made me feel old. So your gua is seven. My gua is seven. I belong to the West group. Minus eight. Okay, so let's read seven. We'll read eight. So seven, West group, gua seven. You know how to enjoy and take the good sides of life. You have a lot of friends. You are often very elegant. You hate all conflicts, being careful to stay out of them. My element is metal. Season is autumn. Colors, white and metallic colors. Life, gua, west. Directions to avoid, east. Oh, well, I guess maybe it's good that my house is facing west then. I don't know. Okay, yeah. I don't know. Let's read yours. All right, so it's got the thing that says that the, the gua are the strong, silent t- type. Mine's the eight. Strong personalities making little noise. They speak only as much as required to make their point or less. No. And then, and then like... say that? At the very top of mine... Oh wait, you looked at a different website. That's okay. This is kind of it reminds me of um Oh it reminds me yeah, of astrology. Yeah. It very much so reminds me of astrology. So Alright, let me let me I'll uh I will show you the one that I used and see what you get on that one. Okay. So on this one it says Gua eight. You can be trusted and your advices are sought after and sincere. You prefer to work alone. Sometimes you wait too long before taking action and you don't know how to delegate. Uh, element, earth, season, winter, color, yellow, and ochre. Life, gua, okay. northeast. Directions to avoid, southeast. So, once you have this, it basically tells you, like, it's very much at, like an astrologically astrological thing. There's calculators out there to get your number, Princess Lee. I'll send you this link. It says on this one that I sent you, it says that the my good directions are... The east, north, south, and southeast. And when I read further into the one okay. that I have, because it goes a little bit further in depth, it nice. along the line says the same thing as you're saying over there. Oh, fascinating! And, it, and then it also has like what kind of uh, <clears throat> like favorite colors, unfavorable colors, and other kind of weird things. There's some good stuff Rift here. Tones. So. Okay, cool, yeah. dude. Leave it to me to find a random site. <laughs> well, I don't know if mine's even that great, you know. There might be better ones yeah. out there. And I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the easiest way to locate a Dewey Gua... I don't know how to pronounce these words. Dewey... Uh, or a seven is to listen for them. They will be the most articulate and talkative ones around. They are good at expressing themselves and are happy and uninhibited individuals who love to laugh and have a good time. But under this light-hearted exterior is a determined and focused person who is willful and determined in whatever they do. Do not allow the outward appearance to fool you. These are the people who work hard in the day and party hard at night. All right, Vince. Party animal. I don't party. All right, interesting. So, yeah, if you guys are interested in that, uh, I'll publish it on the Social Red Pill after. I'll keep this link to it, Jim Bob. It's a good one. I like it. Um, it's fun stuff. And then we have 
Another thing that's sort of related, have you heard of the Vastu Shastra? It's an Indian architecture style that's similar to this, all this stuff. Okay. Vastu Shastra. It's basically like feng shui when it comes to architecture, but for the Indian culture. Foundation of Vastu Shastra is the concept of five elements in Vastu Shastra. These are known as the Pankabuddhas. The Pankabuddhas are, or Panchabuddhas, are what the entire world is made out of. The five elements are air, water, fire, earth, and space. All the benefits and advantages advantages are bestowed upon a person or a house by the proper use and placement of these five elements. It says that when there is an imbalance between the five chief elements of nature, it turns into some sort of agitation, sorrow, failure, poor economic condition, and many other negative results for humans. Vastu Shastra comprises of one of the most suitable ways to overcome such problems. It suggests ways in which you can live in agreement with laws of nature so that you remain healthy, be peaceful, and work efficiently. So it is advisable to consult a good Vastu expert and follow his or her advice sincerely when constructing a new structure. Vastu Shastra. So this is the same thing, just in, in, in India. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's, and that, and ba when you really get boiled down to it, a lot of the astrology that's talking about over here talks about the same thing. So, it and it's a and it's it's also in like ancient Islam and ancient Judaism and quite a few other things. This is all. This is this is totally different names for the ether, bro. Like this is. All different cultures talking about the ether and its powers throughout with yeah. the energy and shit like that. That's totally what this is, man. I think we've discovered it. Oh my god. I don't believe in Quinkadinks, Jim Bob. Me either. Oh, that's beautiful. Here they say Vastu Shastra is, is science deals with the internal process of the subtle energy manifesting into the material space or material form. In short, it is the science of manifestation of energy into matter, according to Dr. Ganapati Sthapati. Look at that beautiful patio. They don't have um, gutters. Must not rain there. Oh. Or maybe the water goes through this pole somehow. Maybe. Or or maybe they just like to watch the water roll off the side in like a waterfall-esque. Oh, God, that would be terrible. <laughs> well, unless they have that patio all the way around, because it erodes <clears throat> where it hits. Yeah. It'll erode a hole. Or a... Slowly, but surely. Or there's just not a lot of rain there. Yeah. That's a really... I, mean, I really I've, like that design. I've seen some of those island-type cabanas. They don't even have doors and windows and stuff, bro. Really? Huh. How do they get in? They they just pass through the doorway. Like, there's just no... Oh, there's holes just, there. It looks like a wall? There's holes there instead of there being, wind, like, glass or a wooden door or something. Like, down in the Bahamas and stuff like that. Like, there's... Oh. There, there's whole-ass places that they just don't ever see weather. You know what I mean? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe... Tropical paradise year round, bro. Yeah, it must not rain there. Flat roof, flat roofs aren't good for rain anyway, so that makes sense. These are just a couple images: a Hindu Buddhist temple. 
Wow. Ancient ruins. Mohenjo-Daro is an architectural uh, archaeological site in the province of Sint, Pakistan. Built around 2500 BCE, it was one of the largest settlements of ancient Indus Valley civilization. I'm sorry, ancient Indus Valley civilization. Wow. I guess they're implying that these use these concepts, these ancient sites. So you're talking for thousands of years, people have been concerned about feng shui, where whatever they call it in their area. Yeah. I love it. Hey, Nugget's here. Nugget. What's up, Nugget? Best, dude. Good to see you. Apparently, they're, dude, the chat, the chat, they're talking about chili recipes and stuff. Oh, Dean, don't troll my chat, you son of a gun. Huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Welcome, sermons. <laughs> All right. What else have we got here? Uh, Geomancy, I guess, is kind of a part of this. Have you heard of it? Yeah, a little bit. Let's look at that real quick. Princeton did a little article on it. Medieval geomancy. Geomancy is derived from the Latin geomancia, which in turns is derived from the Greek for divination by the earth. Divination by earth. The Arabic, the Arabic name for geomancy, ilm al ramal ram means the science of the sand. In its original form, the geomantic figure was created by making lines of random numbers of dots in the sand, hence by name. Medieval European writers agreed that it was also acceptable to draw the dots on a piece of parchment or paper. In keeping with the Arabic origin of geomancy, most writers recommended making the dots from right to left in the direction the Arabic's written. So what the hell is this? I don't think this is the definition I want. Hmm. This is like some kind of writing. Let me see real quick. Geomancy. Geomancy is a method of divination that interprets markings on the ground or the patterns formed by tossed handfuls of soil, rocks, or sand. Okay. The most prevalent form of divinatory geomancy involves interpreting a series of 16 figures formed by a randomized process that involves recursion. Okay, so like dice or something, or tea leaves, and or like tea leaves or something. This is like kind of psychic stuff, if you will, in my head. Hmm. Sort of yeah, related. That that, yeah. Sort of related. Came up in the research. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna go back up to these books because some of this stuff's really cool. I'll show you real quick. Uh, the Art and Science of Feng Shui, 1998, by Dr. Stephen L. Field. There's an archive on the web for this. Sorry about that. Let's check it out real quick. I'll put this link on the social red pill. Chi-mancy. The Art and Science of Feng Shui by Dr. Stephen L. Field, Trinity University. Uh, talks about a little intro. As a scholar of traditional Chinese, thought i am concerned about the recent proliferation on the world wide web of superficial and impressionistic descriptions of the ancient and tremendously complex science of feng shui this practice is as old as chinese culture itself neolith neolithic yangshao village villages date from about 6000 bce 
and anyone who teaches feng shui without having a good foundation in classical Chinese thought is like someone practicing surgery without first studying anatomy. The purpose of this analysis, therefore, is to teach the fundamental concepts to the general public so that, the individual who, so that individuals who have not studied China may have better appreciation of such uh, venerable art and science. Talks about the origins of feng shui and much more, which is great. The early history of Lifa Chimansi. I guess Chimansi would be like the art of moving Qi around and feng shui. Uh, feng shui. Here's another one. The Institute of Feng Shui. Really good stuff. Webarchive.org once again coming through with the good stuff. We've got this cool little, it's nice, it's not too long, about feng shui. And here they say it's 5,000 years old. So it's it's really con uh, controversial. It really is. But fascinating stuff. And there's different, there's yeah, there's different branches of it and different things. It's pretty cool. Are you going to use feng shui or do you think, do you think this ties into it? Ties into I, uh, everything. I, I think this. I, I I I believe that the light being driving our meat mech suit probably already has an idea of this stuff. And I bet if we go start checking, there's more of it we're aligned with than we already realize. Mm. Like the whole you facing west thing. That's where you need to be facing. Maybe, but. Maybe not. I have to do more research. I'm not sure I fully understand this. And it's apparent to me, like, in all my research the entire time, it's just filled with people warning me that I don't know what the hell I'm I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, just exactly what I just read, where it's like, um, I don't know. It's interesting. And I don't think there's anything wrong with learning it. In fact, I think that's probably the right way to go about it. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, I hope uh, I hope you guys pick it up. Maybe you get interested in it. Let me know if anybody does any feng shui things, or if you even do it now. Maybe maybe you are into feng shui. Maybe you're a designer, and I'd be interested in hearing some stories. Uh, you can share them in the comments on Rumble or Facebook or anywhere, or on the social red pill, socialredpill.com. And uh, I don't know. That's pretty much all we have. All we've got. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or anything? No, I, th I think everybody should take time to look into it a little bit. I bet you there's some interesting things there you might find out about all kinds of stuff. Or it could just be a complete Fugazi and we're just here having fun with it. And, I like it. You know, either way, I think it's cool. And I, I like how everything ties back into other cultures, too. So Yeah. It's really fascinating. I think now I'm inspired to go change my will to make sure there's feng shui in my tomb. When I when I'm gone, you know. Yeah, no, I I dig it, I dig it. Make sure I'm facing the right direction and whatnot. That might be a not bad idea. Why not? I mean, what do I lose? I'm dead, so I don't know. True. Maybe I'll have an easier time guiding my ancestors in the future. I don't know, guys. Let us know what you think. We appreciate you all. Visit Jim Bob Oval Shorts at unconstitutionalawakening.com. Follow him on Rumble and everywhere else you can find Jim Bob Oval Shorts. 
Um, and I'm, I'm popping up all over the place. I've been guest starring on some other folks' shows and stuff too. There's links on Unconstitutional mm-hmm. Awakening. You want to check them out? Cool, dude. You're doing a lot of good work. A lot of good guests coming up. I'm looking forward to the shows coming out later in the days ahead. And New episode drop today, so. Your archive is quite extensive, too. You've got some good things there, so you guys go check it out if you want some entertainment and kind of unplug from the political and news and all this. Or just, if you just want to laugh. Like yeah, just have a good time. Just pure entertainment. Enjoy it. And theory and the conspiracy. So if you like <clears> this, you'll love his show. Uh, check it out. Tomorrow we've got Makes You Think, so tune in at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Josh will be back, I believe, Monday. He's visiting uh, Florida, but he'll be back soon. So look forward to that. He's on my side of town. Oh, yeah. Hit him up. I, I think he's staying in Florida, but whatever. Uh, I don't know. So uh, yeah, I get, I, I'm only a couple hours away from Florida, bro. Hit him up. He's loving it. He's loving it down there. He's like, I'm moving here. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. It's, I mean, it's it was it was seventy five today. I'm still in shorts. Oh so. my god! It's freezing here, and I had to turn off my heater because I dropped it, and it started making a little extra noise. It's like tick, oh no. tick, tick 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 tick. So for the sake of the audio here, I had to turn it off. I'm freezing, so I got to get home, y'all. Sorry for the shorter show than usual. Um, tonight I will jump on the Zoom on www.socialredpill.com for a little bit. I might not be super talkative, but if you guys want to come in and say hello, I will jump in and uh, join the conversation a little bit here and there. I do need to eat dinner and do a couple things, though, so may just be listening. But uh, that room is open. I could share it so you all can find it more easily, but it is in the events tab. There's Zoom. All you have to do is create an account on socialredpill.com, and you could have access to that for free. And uh, have a little conversation. Jim, Bob, you're always welcome to, of course. Everybody take care. God bless. Godspeed. Oh, no. I don't have my outro. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. All right. Everybody take care. Thank you, Jim Bob.